Hi guys, and welcome back to the Backstage Bikini Podcast with your hosts Grace and Jade. And we have a lovely guest that I've, I've, well, I'm saying I'm going to, I've known you for a little while, Beatrice, but I've um, had the pleasure of working with B for a little bit um, in terms of my posing. But we have IFBB Pro Olympian Beatrice Biscaya on the podcast. Did I pronounce your surname correctly? And English version, yes. Yes, English okay. Version, yes. <laughs> so Portuguese ver- version is Biscaya. It's a little oh, bit more lovely. like using like a, a nix, I would say. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like literally my name is Beatriz Biscaya. That's the ah. like Ooh. literally the Portuguese name, the Portuguese oui. way of pronouncing it. But normally I say Beatriz Biscaya because it's, you know, a little bit easier to yeah. to pronounce. Yeah. So yeah. I feel like because English butcher. I feel yeah, like because English butcher the, the gorgeous language. But yeah. thank you for coming on. Uh, thank you so much for inviting me. Such a pleasure yeah. to be here. Such a pleasure. And I have been following you for, for quite some time as well. Like, I think, you know, a lot of people remember you from being the youngest ever to make the Olympia and like been following your journey for for so long and all the highs and the lows but do you want to just kind of introduce yourself the lifters know don't know kind of just your journey to the stage and how you got into bodybuilding so young sure so as of now well my name is I said previously Beatrice Biscay or Beatrice Biscay as you want to say um and I am now 22 years old so I'm still very young and normally people still say well People born after the 2000s do not exist. Well, I'm one of those. I am one of those. So I was born in 2001. Um, So I I am almost 23 in in some days time. Um, And yeah, I got into competing basically because, um, well, my dad has always, you know, um, gone to the gym, if that makes sense. So he always trained. My Both my parents are very active when it comes to sports and stuff like that. And also my grandparents, all of that. So it's kind of a a genetic thing. So we have always been very connected to everything that has to do with physical activity, sports, stuff like that. Um, And well, with that being said, after, you know, being part of some sports such as horseback riding, swimming and dance, um, I decided that it was time to, well, join my dad. Uh, But my dad is that type of athlete, I would say that's just as, you know, classes and stuff like that. So he likes to be very active. He loves to, you know, just go to the gym and, you know, be sociable and stuff like that. Um, But well, I wanted to go when I was 14 and I just uh, stick to it if that makes sense um so yeah I started just doing some gym classes such as TRX I don't know if you know it you might do uh so yeah. it was like a such a um a trend I would say so the TRX uh classes and all that so I started doing just some stuff like that so the TRX classes the spinning classes functional training stuff like that and then I started going to the gym actually to the weight a training section um, and I had the training plan those that are, that you know you get from the the PTs there those like very genetic generic ones um, and yeah just I just started going to the gym started going like twice a day on my vacation I was 15 at the time uh, so I just fell in love with that to be fair and it was always a very healthy um well, I, I always have a very healthy approach when it comes to sports in general I would say of course well Competing is not very healthy, but what I mean is that, well, the approach has always been very, very natural to me. Also, the the start of my competing um, career was very 
natural to me as well. So I don't, I am not that kind of, um, I don't have those stories, I would say, of, well, I was a little bit, you know, chubbier. So I went to the gym where I really struggled yeah. putting weight on. So I went to the gym. So I was like, literally, I just wanted to do something. So I went to the gym and then I started competing because my coach, that is now my coach as well. And at the time he knew me through Instagram um, and also an athlete of him, his um, kind of, you know, talked to him um, about me. You know, there's a girl at the gym that, you know, looks like she's got the genetics, blah, blah, blah. So just check her out. And he basically just contacted me and uh, we started talking. And he then he came to my city because we live in different cities um, to give me a glute workout. I hated it, basically. I hated the diet. I hated everything. Didn't want to see the guy anywhere, anytime soon. <laughs> um, but anyways, well, I just told him, well, I talked to my parents and... Um, then I told him, Cesar, who is my coach, um, well, listen, I am 16, so I'm not going to compete because the I thought at the minimum age was 18. Uh, yeah. So I'm just going to wait till I finish high school, all of that, blah, blah, blah. So I just gave him like an excuse to not continue with the competition like idea. Um, but then he um did his research um and found out that there was a possibility of starting to compete at 16 so he just kept you know just bothering me every single day trying to just you know convince me that it would be a, such a great idea to compete so then um well I told him if you get me a bikini and a pair of heels I will do that and I thought that he would not be you know able to do that because the I think that the national championship would be like 4 weeks away from that wow. conversation and I thought well he it's not going to be very possible so I will just tell him this and see if that <laughs> sticks um but then he got it like 20 minutes later so I was like well oh shoot I will have to do it so <laughs> yeah. that was basically it at the time I was very like you know those phases um of well just not wanting to eat carbs or the less carbs you eat the better but blah, blah, blah. I was that type yeah. of well that was my phase at the moment um so I was already very lean and I trained a lot um just because I enjoyed it um and yeah so I was pretty lean at the time and with that being said well the prep was not um very extreme I would say mm -hmm. so I just kept my um, my condition, I would say. And then I competed, I placed second in the junior category. Um, and yeah, and then I thought, well, I will just keep going. And then I competed till I was 20, almost 21. Mm -hmm. um, not 20. Yeah, 20. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Um, so yeah, basically that was it. And I just kept competing, all of that. And I kept studying as well. So um, I am still studying. I'm still taking my master's degree now. So Wow. Since I started competing, I have never stopped studying whatsoever. Oh and now I work in the software industry as well. So competing is like just a, well, it is a very big part of my life or prepping. Of course, you know, you cannot say, well, it's just a hobby because it's mm -hmm. a 24 seven hobby, but I kind of call it a hobby in a way that, well, my day, my day is dedicated to the software industry mm -hmm. uh, because I am, you know, a, a marketing girl and part of a marketing of the marketing department of the software company that I work for. Um, so yeah, basically my life is, well, my fiance, my family, the marketing thing, and then uh, the competition. So oh yeah, gosh. I think that's it. Oh my I God. That's it. I wow. actually have, I just like, <laughs> that story is, is mad. Probably the maddest, yeah. like, 
sort oh, really? of they many think so. pro. Like, <laughs> I just, yeah, like, I think, because I didn't get into competing until I was 22. And I just couldn't imagine at such a young age getting involved in, like, never mind the gym, but actually competing at that age and I know and I suppose what was on my mind was did you like you said you had a healthy relationship with it rather than getting into it because the wrong reasons or trying to cure something like you you obviously had did have the genetics and stuff but was there any stage then when you did I suppose enter the world of competing that it wasn't the case that you did feel like there was a little bit more of a an unhealthy relationship or was it kind of still were you still in that mindset so such a young age because I feel like when you're that young it's very very easy you're quite naive as well and you can kind of get sucked in like was there any point in that that you felt like it was unhealthy I don't think so also because as you said and I think that it, that is very correct we are very naive mm-hmm. I have always been um that type of girl that is very um moderate I, I would say so yeah. I I consider myself as a quite mature person for my age and I have always been like that so I have always um, have friendships with older people, have always had um, relationships in general, such as, you know, like at the gym, you have like older people, of course. On uh, At school, you have other people that, that can be older. And I always had, I, I always felt it was easier for me to have a relationship with older people rather than mm-hmm. my age, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the exact same thing happens nowadays. Well, my fiance is younger than me, like some months, um, but he's Well, he is literally the only person that is part of my circle, I would say like friendship circle, that is actually my age. So Mm -hmm. we are literally like just the the only ones that are part of that. Um, So with that being said, um, I was always very conscious of what I was doing. And also my Mm -hmm. parents were always by my side, I would say. So I always had their support. and. Also their supervision, if that makes sense. So, of course, I kept studying. First things first, I was 16, so I really needed Mm -hmm. to keep studying till I finished high school. But then um, they were in my corner just advising me, well, you need to go to university. You need to do this, 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 this. Of course, not in a you should this or you must do this, but in a way that my my parents are very liberal, if that makes sense. So they, they have always allowed me and my sister to do everything, but... Um, they always talk to us um, according to our age and yes. according yeah. to our um, behavior, if that mm-hmm. makes sense mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Uh, so they have always been there, you know, just advising me um, and stuff like that. So um, as I've always have them, had them, mm. them says are my, my coach and all that, well, I have always been surrounded by people that um, kind of kept me grounded and yeah. Yeah. That was one of the reasons why it has always been very healthy. Nevertheless, of course, when it comes to competing, well, first things first, it's not a healthy sport because you no. have to diet a lot. Yeah. And I say unhealthy because you diet a lot. And I say unhealthy because you restrict yourself mentally a lot mm-hmm. as well. And mm-hmm. um, yeah. so in three years, I competed 25 times. So that yes. means that there was a lot of restriction. Yeah. yeah. And especially, well, nowadays, well, the, um, there is a trend on Instagram now that, uh, well, you say how many times you've competed, you have been yes. training for how many years, blah, blah, blah. And mm-hmm. most of the time I see, well, I have been competing for seven years. I did like 24 competitions. And in three years, I did 25. The, the My last Olympia was, uh, well, my last show, and it was the 25th show. 
Um, so with that being said, of course, there was some type of restriction. Well, yeah. my social life was not really there um, yeah. whatsoever, which I don't think it was a mistake. But at the same time, I do recognize that um, that was not that healthy. And that, of course, you know, me being so blinded, I would say, by, you know, wanting to compete, wanting to be the best, blah, 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 of course, led to having a little bit of a less more Awareness. obsessive, I would say, yeah, yeah. more yeah. obsessive yeah. idea of the sport, which yeah. I don't think is bad, but I do rec recognize once again that that is not that healthy. So, of course, yeah. that evolved to a stage where, well, it was not that healthy, I would say, mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. it was not a bad healthy. It was, I think that everyone goes through that and everyone needs yeah. to go through that to know that, mm -hmm. well, that is the correct way of doing things and there's another way of doing things. So yeah. also the, like the breakup, I would say that I had with comp competing made me realize that there is another way of, you know, seeing things yeah. and another way yeah. of enjoying life, yeah. this and that. So I think that it has to happen. Also the binge eating thing, which I know that we are going to talk about as well. Yeah. Um, the binge eating thing is also part of the process, I think. And I think that everyone or almost everyone, unless the person is like extremely balanced mentally, yeah. physically, everythingly, um, I think that that will happen to everyone as well, because yeah. everyone needs to, not needs to, but I think that everyone will experience that in order to then know what balance is and what, you know, the relationship with food you should have, mm -hmm. stuff like that. So I think that, you know, yeah. that, that unhealthy part mm. made me first things first well have the experience of looking at something in a more obsessive way and now yeah. looking back and knowing that it was a little bit more obsessive because if I started competing now I am almost sure that I would reach that yeah. point as well yeah 100%. and if if you really want to be competitive you really want to you really need to be obsessive as as mm, well when yeah. it comes to bodybuilding yeah. i don't say that nowadays well now that i am back to competing and all that i don't say that i don't want to be uh, well i don't say that i want to be obsessive because i don't want to i know mm. that i need to be very restrictive and i i know i really want need in this case to be very professional when it comes to the dieting yeah. part blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but sure. i know that i do not need to be as restrictive and as obsessive as mm -hmm. i was previously because now i have yeah. other things in my life well yeah. i'm gonna getting married married this year so Exciting. there are other things yeah. <laughs> there are the other yeah. things in my life um that i cherish a lot and of course competing is something that um you need to sh cherish a lot of course but there are other things that are all that are always going to be in your life and competing is not one of them no, so you no. and i i saw a post of um oh god i can't remember her name now and i um i just saw her on on on, on the stories but anyways um a girl that went to the olympia as well and she was saying that her blood work panel came back and that was everything was great and then she mm -hmm. just started emphasizing the idea that well competing is great but she had a daughter she had a, a house she had a husband blah, blah, blah. and those yeah. things are the ones that need her and mm. if she well she literally said if she died tomorrow mm -hmm. um the stage would miss her like for the weekend because she well probably signed the contract but her family would miss her every single day and Forever. that's something that we really need to focus on because of course competing and this is well not me not being um you know on it at 100 it's just me yeah. being conscious of things mm -hmm. and so of course we need to really want to be on stage and really want to be you know the best but at the same time we we cannot forget that we have everything surrounding us you know and yes. i have a yeah. i have a job i have a lot of things <laughs> it's yeah, life isn't it
it's life yeah. at the end of the day and it's I think learning experience be, like in- yeah and I think to be honest Beatrice because it's it's fascinating listening to you actually because I know you've said that you've always been quite matured for your age and things like that but that that foresight at such a young age is such an incredible thing to have. Like it's <laughs> it's not you. something that many of us, I I didn't no. start competing until I was 28, 29. Yeah. So like way later into my sort of lifetime. And even then, like you say, I don't think any any athlete, irrespective of when you come into the sport, is immune from finding these things yeah. out and learning these lessons. But you turned pro at what, 17 years old and you were absolutely catapulted into a professional league. You were catapulted into a, a community where it's understandable, even at that age and even, even with your maturity, that you would be sucked into that in some fashion. And bear the brunt I guess of being sucked into that in in a in a way so being able to do that at such a young age I think is absolutely fascinating and really quite impressive but yeah. what was it ever was it ever the so to go back a little bit before we get into the topics mm-hmm. that you've raised because it's everything that we want to talk about yeah um so yeah like all of it um the pr- turning pro at such a young age Beatrice was it was it the goal because I know you wanted the pro card and you were gunning for the pro card but when you got it what was like what was that like at your age to turn pro and all of a sudden be competing at the Olympia? You got two pro wins uh, and it was just, it's wild. You were one of the youngest professional athletes in bikini to step on stage at the Olympia. How, how did that feel? What did that have any impact at the time? Has it had an impact after the fact? What was that pressure and sort of success at such an early age like? Well, I think that, to be fair, I don't know if that is going to disappoint you, but nothing really changed. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I always said after after I turned pro was you need to be a pro and behave like a pro yeah. and before turning pro in order to be a pro, if that yeah. makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have always acted like a... Well, I, first things first, I didn't really know what being a pro was, of course, but I did everything as I should. So the diet was to the gram, you know, the cardio was to the minute, the the training plan was, you know, to the last exercise, last rep, last blah, blah, blah. So I've always done everything as I should, you know, Mm -hmm. the water, the, I don't know, sleeping schedule, this and that. So everything was to the T. And for me, well, I I think uh, that is behaving like a pro at the Mm -hmm. time. Anyways, I I thought that it was that. And to be fair, I think that today um, it is the exact same thing maybe with a little bit more balance, but, uh, yeah. but anyways, I think that, uh, the basics of things are, you know, are that. And so I have always, you know, um, been very professional and very responsible, um, with regards to everything that had to do with competing. So after turning pro, I just kept doing the th- exactly the, th- the things that I was doing prior to turning pro. So nothing really changed. The only thing, well, my dad didn't didn't really want me to yes didn't really wanted me to to become a pro because he thought that I um was going to you know be in the bottom of the 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 food chain yeah yes i would yeah. say uh, thank you so much um, <laughs> so well uh, por- portuguese is my first language so sometimes it, it it's just like <laughs> processing and it does yeah. well the output doesn't come out basically uh, so thank you so much for the help but um <laughs> As I was saying, well, he didn't want me to to become a pro because he thought that I was not going to keep winning, and mm-hmm. well, he didn't want me to be disappointed. Um, at you know, um, 
in general, but but well, it went well because I won my first pro show. Um, so it it was very natural to me in a way that, you know, it was just being my, I was just being myself and it was just about um, keep doing what I was doing prior to yeah. becoming a pro. So yeah. I didn't really feel pressure neither, you know, about going to the Olympia, I think, because I was just doing what I wanted. And of course, you know, um, I was the, at the time I was one of the only people representing my country and all that. And many people talked to me about the pressure, if I was feeling, you know, pressure that any, uh, in any way or anything like that. But to be fair, I think that, you know, I was just doing what I enjoyed doing. And I think that nowadays people tend to overthink and complicate a Mm -hmm. lot on things where it's like, competing and bodybuilding is for the majority of people just a hobby and you need to look at it as a hobby because it it needs to add to your life not to take Mm. away from it and that is my kind of mantra this is very like quirky but this this is kind of my mantra for now which is it needs to add to my life and the moment that it starts just taking it away from it that is a sign that I need to well well just take an off season or something like that because Mm -hmm. um I th- well, for some, it is a job, of course. And if it starts being a job, of course, you need to start looking at it and treating it like as as such. But yeah. um, if it's not, and if you, you know, have other things in your life, you know, if you have a job, if you have other things that you love to do besides bodybuilding, I mean, it is just as simple as dieting and going to the gym and doing your cardio and mm-hmm. resting, to be yeah. fair. So there's not yeah. much to it. Of course, it is something that requires a lot of dedication. So it is something very taxing and stuff like that. So I totally understand that. And I have been through that m- multiple times. But I think that overcomplicating that and feeling pressure and feeling, you know, a lot of things where is it's just a hobby and it's just Mm -hmm. something that it needs to be there to make you happy. Mm -hmm. And if you don't complicate those things, if you don't overthink about those things, it's naturally going to be more streamlined if that makes sense. So it needs, it does not need, and it will not streamline your life, (laughs) nor the processes, nor anything like that, but and it needs to bring you happiness, you know? So Mm. if you complicate that, it's not going to bring you happiness um, at any point. Um, So to reply to your question, well, it was, to be fair, very natural to me because I just kept doing what I loved and what I love, but I'm still, you know, learning how to love that anyways, because it is such a big adaptation uh, for me right now. Um, But I was just doing what I knew yeah to do yeah, you know so yeah. I was studying at the time so I had like school and then I had competing and I loved competing so I was just literally doing what I loved yeah. to do um so it was very simple to me it was just about you know being myself about doing what I loved and um trying to be the best that I could be um mm. so with that being said I was always very you know okay very chill very you know no pressure at all. I am that type of athlete that sleeps before before stepping on stage as well. So oh, whenever you see me, that. whenever yeah. you see me in the backstage, if I don't talk to you, it's probably because I'm just very sleepy or or literally sleeping <laughs> yeah. with my headphones. Because I'm that type of girl. I'm very like chilled and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, um that's kind of my vision and that has always been my vision when it comes to competing. I'm, it's just like very natural. And yeah. the more um 
Well, the 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 easier way to do it is just to not overthink it, yeah, you know, which sometimes is very difficult, but mm. it is something that you need to keep like trying because if you start just, you know, overthinking about, well, my water retention, well, my this and that, well, yeah. like don't look good. Yeah. Of course, I, I thought I, that I was not looking good when I did this last mini cut. I was, mm. I thought, well, I, I am not looking good enough. And now mm. I look back at the pictures and I looked really good. So yeah. Um, I know that it can be very tricky and that we can overthink, you know, very easily, especially as women. But um, at the end of the day, it is just something that, well, and I'm repeating myself, but at the end of the day, it's just, it is just something that needs yeah. to bring yeah. joy to your life to your and that you need to. Yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, yeah. yes, you do your fasted cardio why because you feel productive yeah. you feel, because you yeah. feel like it's a good start to your day it's part of your lifestyle be- already before you exactly. even compete yeah you've really exactly. hit the nail on the head I think I always say that like it should add to the quality of your life and I think it shouldn't be everything that you do no. and I think because you were so young it could have very very easily gone that way um mm-hmm. and I suppose like because you you brought up that it's like it, it was kind of like your your side hustle as well but a lot of people these days even amateurs make it their full-time hustle and it's everything they do and it's everything they think about and obviously there's pros these days who like competing is is their job it's their everything and they rely heavily on it to to get a career and they you know they speak about it all the time how difficult it is like Yes, you have these sponsorships, but it's also very expensive to compete as a as a pro, and it's very expensive as an amateur. Like, and I think, did you ever have that in your head that you know, at such a young age, okay, I want to maybe try go down that route of, of making money through sponsorships and all that kind of thing? Because it probably was easy to do that as well, or to think that way, and that that was going to bring you success. Um, but you didn't. Obviously, you stayed with your masters, which you don't tend to see that often. Like, you you don't really see no. many pros that have a career outside or are still in in studies because it demands so much time and they place all of their eggs in the basket of competing so did you ever struggle with that like throughout that period of time were you ever tempted to go down the route of like just being a bikini professional sponsorships all that kind of thing I think that everyone goes through that as well yeah but at the same time I, I was probably like 17 and when I um when I was about to finish high school I think I thought well I have a, a double citizenship, so I'm half Canadian. And I thought, well, I'm leaving Portugal. Peace. Peace and love for everyone. I'm leaving. I'm being an athlete full time. Blah, blah, blah. And my coach was, uh, of course, just supporting that and say, well, we are going together and, da, 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 and we are going to prep there and all of that. So I think that everyone goes through goes through that also because it is, well, you really want to do something that you love for the rest of your life, right? But yeah. Um. One thing is, well, um, if that thing is sitting on the, on a, you know, a chair and being on your laptop and it's something that you can really control and it does not change your life majorly. Okay. Mm -hmm. I think that it is something doable. Nevertheless, when you want to do something for the rest of your life, and that is something that is really stressing when it comes to, you know, it stresses your body, stresses your your social life, it messes up with, well, I want to have a kid. Now I need to stop being who I am. Mm-hmm. And also when I stopped competing, I the thing that I struggled the most with was I kind of lost my identity because I was like, Beatrice Biscaye, IFBB Pro. So that was Mm -hmm. literally my definition. And I was not something without the IFBB Pro. So that's 
how I kind of valued myself. So the value that I had was intrinsically like with the the IFEB pro title, I would say. And when I stopped competing, when I finally well made that decision, that was the thing that I struggled the most with. And I think that that was the center, I would say, of the snowball, Um, Mm. which makes me, of course, be... Um, well, agree with you because I think that nowadays the problem is that um, people who really want to compete, and especially newbies, don't know how to talk about anything else. Mm. You know, politics, you yeah. try to talk with them about yeah. politics and they're like, what yeah. is that? Or economics, they're like, mm. no, I don't really want to care about it. Breathe, or bodybuilding, yeah. anything, yes, anything that is, you know, out of that bubble, uh, mm-hmm. out of that. Uh, training, nutrition, blah, 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 bubble, which sometimes it's not even nutrition. It's just like macros yeah. and micros and stuff like that. But yeah. besides that, it's not really that yes. deep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and when it comes to training, <laughs> it tends to be a little bit deeper. But to be fair, the, the the idea that I had about bodybuilders, not it's not a stereotype, but um, based on the interaction that I had with them was that and I was like that when I yeah. when I competed. So I'm not being hypocritical mm-hmm. or anything like that. No. So I was yeah, like no. that. And that's why I recognized, well, looking back at, you know, how I dealt with people, how I dealt with, you know, these topics. That's why I'm saying, well, politics and economics, because I was like, what the hell is that? You know, when I competed <laughs> mm-hmm. and yeah. that that well, being that being like that um, is the reason. Oh, well, uh, the fact that I was like that is the reason why I can now recognize that yeah. that is not a good thing, just because I yeah. experienced that. Um, and not many people, not, not it's not many people, but not the majority. Um, well, I would say not all of the bodybuilders are like that. So of course there yeah. are some exceptions, but in general, I think that they just focus on that. And if you go to their algorithms for example so the instagram algorithm is all bodybuilding so the the youtube is all bodybuilding tiktok is all bodybuilding and and i think that that is such a loss because everyone has you know different talents in life i Mm -hmm. think and if they just you know if they feed themselves you know from one source only i think that that is such a loss Mm, i would say limiting yeah Yeah. but at the same time i totally understand and i have been through that and to answer to your question yes i really wanted to be an athlete full-time and i was that so of course i i was studying so that was not the um, common case because normally people have you know are are older so of course they have sometimes they have their kids sometimes they have their home they already work so i was of course under my parents you know responsibilities um and even when i turned 18 and 19 of course i was under their responsibilities anyway so under their roof and under their you know um you know the electricity everything was paid by them so that was not really the case of well i really want to be an athlete full time and then i need to you know Uh, just leave my job and you know be an athlete full-time and just dive with my head basically um so that was not the case but of course I wanted to be that and I was able to do that we know well of course uh Portugal is not the exact same thing as the UK or the United States when it comes to the income but also about the the expenses so of course Mm -hmm. what I earned with my sponsorships was enough for me to survive not survive to live I would say in Portugal so that Mm -hmm. was that was okay with regards to well just being an athlete full-time and all that but 
once again, well, I really wanted to be something else and not be the exact same thing as everyone else. So that's why I kept, um, you know, studying. And then I went to, to university and, um, I had my, yes, I got my degree in languages and business affairs. And then, well, I stopped competing when I was in the second year. Mm-hmm. So I finished the second and the third year. And then I jumped to a master's in marketing just because I wanted to, you know, expand a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, but even if I was competing, I w- would probably do that because I don't really want to be put in the same bag as the other people, which, well, I I do recognize it is something very common because it is something that requires a lot of dedication. So it is yeah. actually well expected that people consume that a lot. And you learn a lot through those videos and through those algorithms that I mentioned previously. But um, people need to be a little bit more... Um, talented when it comes to, you know, being able to talk about many things, being able to, you know, have a conversation that is just not, that is not about meals and training plans and, Mm -hmm. and the bodybuilding industry, because it's so tiring to be fair, because we all know each other. So it is a very big community, but at the same time, it is very small and you kind of know everyone. So whenever I get together with, um, people from the industry and people who have always been competing for like five plus years, um, those people just talk about bodybuilding, you know, yeah, and that is yeah, very yeah, tiring. Yeah. I'm like, please talk about like the, I don't know, the elections. Talk yeah. about the elections, please. Yeah. <laughs> did you, did you eat something different last week? Like, tell me anything. Oh, it, it was like, it's oh crazy. my God, I, Yes, like it's all about training plan. It's all about uh, PDs. Then the, the PD yeah. conversation starts. Yeah. I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ, I don't want to talk about PDs. <laughs> yeah. There we go. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's, it's, crazy. it's just like, like a loop. Yeah, yeah like there's so circle. many avenues of us as people and I think like exactly you're we, like you said we love bodybuilding and that's mm-hmm. amazing we can be dedicated but like there's another part of us and I used to get like that as well anytime I came home to family it was so refreshing and I went out with friends that weren't involved in yeah. the industry whatsoever and I think that is the issue is a lot of people just they're, they're so invested and I think it, you're able to appreciate the lifestyle a lot more and able to appreciate mm-hmm. competing when you actually have a little bit of a life outside of that and like you said that doesn't mean that you just go eat whatever you want it just means that you might talk about something different or just yeah. spend a little more hours in your day watching something else like my feed on YouTube it used to when I like you said I used to be like that like tunnel vision I'd only watch bodybuilding YouTube videos and now I watch like diverse range of things yeah. on YouTube and that's I'm how you to know you're healthy <laughs> yeah but that's it but like you said at the start you have to go through that, then come out the other side. To like, okay, there's actually yeah, more 100%. to life. And yeah. I actually love competing so much more because I have, I can take a step back from it. It's like a little bit of a, of a holiday because it, like you said, yeah. it's your, it's a lot of people's job. It's, and especially if you're an online coach, it's all you're doing or your prep coach or whatever. And you need to be able for, it's, it's just healthy to, to take a step back from yeah. it. doesn't mean it's you're like any less dedicated. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. You're just feeding yourself yourself from like other sources, I would say. And mm. that that is like very beneficial because it makes you, you know, have as as you said previously, you know, the avenues that you can have or take as a person. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. um it's something that needs to be in your life, I would say. Yeah. And and it's something that helps you along the way because bodybuilding is not going to be there forever. So as a woman, you're gonna reach like maximum like 50. And mm-hmm. let's say I'm I'm 22. If I start competing now, if I compete for eight years and eight mm-hmm. years, I will be 30. 
Yeah. Uh, do you imagine fi- 20 years on top of that? Mm, I mean, I do exactly. not imagine that. No. You know, I mean, I can do that anyways, I think, but <laughs> Uh, like literally can do it yes the ability Physically. to do that yes yeah. The, yeah. there is yeah. a possibility of doing yeah. so but I don't think that I will be doing that to be fair and mm-hmm. um whenever you know you have those you know the generation of people that is competing now so you have the 30 then the 20 the 40 mm-hmm. let's say that someone in the their 30 five five six seven if when they stop competing in like three years time what will they do if it if they don't have anything else in their lives? You yeah. know, yeah. Um, so I don't it goes really back. Want to... Sorry, yeah. it goes no, back no to what you said about the identity thing, doesn't it? Because I really resonated with that in particular because my year's been like really pulled away from bodybuilding, with the exception mm-hmm. of like being involved in the podcast. So I think from an identity standpoint as well, and we can talk about like how that impacted you on a wider sense in terms of actually pulling away from bodybuilding after competing for such a long length of time, loads of shows in a really condensed space at the time, that was all you did. That identity, that fallout without anything else to fall back on yourself, like, and it doesn't even have to necessarily be an activity. It can be an interest, something you enjoy doing, Mm -hmm. something that you draw value from. Without that there, you do feel incredibly lost, incredibly empty, and like you don't have anything to offer yourself, like to the world, because everything that you drew value from is not there anymore. In terms of like that step away that you, Obviously, you you made a decision to um, take some time away from bodybuilding in the sense of competing. You were competing such uh, for such a prolonged period of time in very acute, like sort of show to show. Um, mm. It was quite close. What other things? Because you said that that was the center of the snowball. Were there any other considerations at that time that made you think, right, okay, this is getting perhaps a little bit too unhealthy. This is impacting my quality of life or X, Y, and Z. What were those things? How did you sort of arrive at that decision at that time? So as I said previously, it was kind of a snowball. So when I, um, well, I did a show, the Europa Pro, um, I think it was in October or something like that, September, October, something like that. And prior to that show, I decided that um, the best idea was to get another coach. Um, and well, the idea that I have uh, about it now is that it was for literally no reason. Um, but that led to me having the rest of the year. Um, well, let that led me to have or experience a very bad rest of the year, if that makes sense. So different coaches, different countries, because we were in the middle of a pandemic. So I needed to go to Dubai by myself. Uh, for two weeks for like a quarantine before going to the States to compete at the Olympic because I qualified um, at that show. But it was very, um, it was not my, in my comfort zone, if that makes sense. But one thing is being out of your comfort zone in a range, I would say that allows you to grow. Another one is being so far away from, from your comfort zone that you just feel absolutely lost. And like, I'm, I'm just going with the flow because I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. So that was kind of, you know, the environment that I was in. And well, I was surrounded by people that didn't really want the best for me. I think Uh, at least that's my uh, my idea uh, right now and, um, you know, the, w- the way that I look um, at that topic um, as of now. Um, so that made, you know, my life quite difficult, I would say. So it was very like irregular. It was very, um, you know, just 
all over the place, I would yeah. say. All over the place, every state in the United States, then a lot of homes or a lot of like places to be at, a lot of gyms, like different gyms. And as you know, well, you have prepped before. Well, if you yeah. are stable and if you have a gym, if you have, you know, a supermarket, then this is so, so limited. Now I'm saying this, I'm like, well, oh my God, you're so sad. <laughs> but you have a gym. <laughs> no, 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 have... <laughs> but it's, it's disruptive, isn't it? It's That's it. It's disruptive. It, disruption to the to your detriment in the end yeah, yeah. but the, what i'm saying is that well your stability uh comes down to a home a gym yeah. and a supermarket you know yeah, and, yeah, yeah, so like yeah. that that is quite sad <laughs> to be fair no. but, oh, well, i have my favorites i have my favorites I'm i do have my favorites <laughs> and i love to you know i love to go to to the cafe that i go to every single day yeah. i love to go yeah. to the supermarket that i go to every single day but yeah. um you know the stability of a person that competes comes down to those three to four things, three yeah. to four places, including, of course, the country and the people that that uh, surround you, of course. So mm-hmm. um, with that being said, everything was very unstable in my life. And I was very far away from my parents and everyone that knows me a little bit more or, or you know, that follows me on, on my social media knows that I'm very close to my parents. So what happened was, well, I was very far away from them. Uh, I used to call them at like six, 6 a.m. my time and they were already, you know, just going with their lives and out of home and this and that because, you know, there was a very big um, time difference. Um, So it was very just um, random. It was very, very random rest of the year for me. And um, with that being said, well, we have have to um, include here the fact that my placings were just, you know, decreasing, if that makes sense. So I did two shows um, in the States. One of them I placed uh, fifth, the Texas Texas Pro. I'm going to say Texas Pro. It was in Texas. Uh, Battle of Texas, better saying. And then I did the Olympia and, well, it was not the, the best show for me as well. Um, so after that, I was like, well, I, I really need my parents. I really need my home. I really need my country. I really need, you know, to listen to some European Portuguese, please. So I, I was just, you know, missing home so much and missing my routine and missing, you know, my family um, that I just didn't really want to... Um, have anything to do with bodybuilding, I would say. And then there was Christmas, there was, you know, New Year's Eve, then my my birthday as well. So I was like, well, like, I just need to disconnect from everything. I need to detox from everything. And that um, added to the fact that I really needed to sort my hormones out, not because of PDs whatsoever, but because I was experiencing amenorrhea for five years. And yeah. um, I was like, well, maybe I will have want a kid someday so I might need yeah. to sort this out because I'm 20 like I'm uh no I'm almost 20 I was 19 yeah. at the time like almost 20 but I'm like I'm like 20 like I should do something about it or at least check yeah. this out and not just like ignore that I'm not fertile or anything like that so yeah. um yeah. I basically well everything put together I was like I don't want anything to do with bodybuilding I'm in quarantine I really want my family the festivities and the fact that I thought, well, maybe there's something going on inside, um, inside of me, uh, and I really need to sort that out. I probably probably need to sort that out. Mm-hmm. Well, those things combined, there was nothing, you know, related to bodybuilding specifically, like PDs yeah. or blah blah blah. So I was just like tired yeah. of that. So I was just tired of that environment and tired of you know all of those things, plus not placing as I wanted and. Mm-hmm. L- 
you know, looking at myself and seeing, well, this is not the best package so far. And I have been competing for a long time. This yeah. is not a good sign. Um, so those things all put together, those built the snowball. And um, the fact that we were in quarantine plus the festivities, of course, <laughs> that led me to eating like a shit ton of food. Um, <laughs> and I rebounded like 20 kilos and I'm 158 centimeters. So I'm 5'1". Um, so yeah, I was like, well, I'm just going with the flow. I know that I'm, you know, I have something that is related to binge eating. That was not like clinically like diagnosed or anything that, yeah. like that. So it was very light. And to be fair, if I look back, um, I kind of describe that as binge eating, but at the same time, I think that that is just a common consequence of being very restricted. Restricted. So I don't know what, to what point it is actually binge eating. It might be mm -hmm. close, but it maybe it was not really that deep. Um, I think with the hormones as well, Beatrice. Like if you hadn't, if you hadn't had a period for such a long time, like that's that's a substantial amount of weight gain for your body. Um, yeah. as in like not a substantial amount, but for your body and what your body was used to. So your hormones were probably kicking in at that point and thinking, oh, okay. We're in a different environment now. Maybe, may, may, maybe this Should is I working. Function? Maybe this is okay. Should <laughs> I come out now? Enough? Like, exactly. yeah, but like, and and physiologically, that I mean, again, like we all we all have a cycle, and we all go rage into the to the fridge the week before because we think our neck's been cut. So, like, again, like it's another thing that could be attributed to the fact that your body was just trying to regulate because you you were still yeah. so young as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So those things you know, just led to me thinking, well, maybe the best decision is to stop competing. And yeah. that was basically, you know, such a heartbreak and the breakup for me. I cried a ton, like mm -hmm. the the flight back from the Olympia, I cried like every single time, like every single time that some, anyone, well, if someone mentioned, if anyone mentioned um, the Olympia or competing or anything like that, I would start crying my balls out, you know, so mm -hmm. my, my eyeballs out. So um, with that being said, well, it was kind of, you know, that's why I said, and I use the analogy to, you know, the, the snowball, because um, that was a, a lot of, you know, aspects that led me um, to decide that I, that maybe it would be the best idea to, you know, decide that I should stop competing. Um, so yeah, then, well, I rebounded and then I thought, well, I'm, I need to make sure that I start regulating, but I think that I will not regulate if I do not allow myself to actually be free for like the first time in four years, yeah. more or less. Uh, mm -hmm. So I thought, well, I'm going to eat whatever I want, whenever I want, I will decide at the moment. So I kind of respected myself in that sense and thought, well, my, the leptin and the ghrelin will figure that out that themselves and I, I will eat and they will figure them out. And themselves <laughs> out. That was literally the thought. Um, and that's well, brilliant. it was, that's what I did. I did not recommend anyone doing that not because it was not a good experience. I think that that, you know, was the best solution at the moment. Yeah. But, um, and I think that given the fact that it was not, you know, it was not like 30, 40, 50 kilos, it was 20. And it oh. is something that came down naturally. Um, yeah. so if, you know, if you multiply that by, I don't know, like two or three, of course, that's not going to be very good. But in my case, I think that it was the, the yeah. best way of just 
you know, making sure that everything was going to be okay in a year time. And then I started dating as well. So I started socializing after I stopped competing. Um, and anyways, I, well, I, I met my fiance when I was 18. So we were colleagues um, at school. Um, so I just started socializing. Then I started dating this and that. And um, as the time went by, you know, when I we reached like I would say like a year of a relationship. Um, that's when I thought, well, okay, I'm feeling um, that I solved that grilling leptin yeah. problem. Yeah. Uh, and I lost a lot of kilos. So I gained 20 and I lost probably like 13, mm-hmm. 13 yeah. to 15 just naturally you know, by just decreasing the amount of food that I was eating just because I was not feeling hungry or even forgetting about eating, you know, mm-hmm. so... Mm-hmm. Which, well, in a good way, just because I was yeah. not, you know, uh, thinking about food or anything like that. And I was just focusing on other things. Um, so, yeah, I think, well, the light is always at the end of the tunnel anyways. So. <laughs> I know, always. I know. You eventually do regulate, though, yeah. especially, yeah, like yeah. we said, when you're <clears throat> socializing with other people, like the, ha- the habits and stuff are different. You're not tied to that kind of restriction and, and mindset as well. Um, but I suppose, like like you said there, like when you thought of competing or anybody said it you got really really upset why was that the case did you feel like you like you didn't get what you want wanted out of it did you feel like you were letting people down like with that like where did the upset really come from um so my first at my first olympia i placed 12th Mm-hmm. Yeah, which for me was well it was great and then and my second one well i did not have expectations but everyone around me was expecting me to crack the top 10 Mm -hmm. and well when others expect that and you know just reflect that uh, well they just direct their words to you well you kind of start believing in that as well um at some point and I was kind of expecting to do better either the same or better um, at my second Olympia. And that did not happen because I placed 20th, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so that plus, you know, being, as I said previously, being away from my parents, you know, all of those things, just not being in my environment, knowing the people that were surrounding me, but at the same time, not knowing them really, mm-hmm. um, not knowing the place, not knowing anything, not being autonomous as well. Cause you know, I drive, I do all my things, mm-hmm. you know, by mm-hmm. myself if I need. And there, well, I could not drive, I could not have a car, I could not, you know, do anything by myself. So it yeah. was very, very out of my healthy zone, I would say. So I think that everything led into that, um, a kind of disappointment, I would say. Yeah. But above all, I ju- I disappointed my own self because I knew that I was not, you know, at my best, and I should be at my best because you know I was a professional athlete. Also, and I remember this now, so I should have mentioned it previously. But I for the for the Texas, the Battle of Texas, and also the Olympia, I started um, noticing that I was like that my mindset was lacking a little bit of professionalism if that makes sense so you know when you have like 200 ml of water to to drink like at that specific moment um Mm -hmm. in the day I was like well I'm gonna take another sip you know so and those things well of course you can be listening to these things especially the listeners may think well this is nothing really I mean it's water but at that point, it is something that matters and it is something that was I was not capable of doing till I started changing coaches. Um, so if I I I do think that if I was not that tired mentally, because 
um physically i think that i was not uh, tired um anyways but if i was not that tired mentally i would not be lacking that professionalism i think yeah. mm-hmm. you know and yeah. when i changed coaches everything changed a lot so the food sources changed a lot not the training plan because i was the the only one you know just um doing my training plans as always but uh, the cardio was changing a lot the cardio methods was, were changing a lot the times um and i was someone used to you know being very re- restrictive with with food so i was that kind of person that was the diet was just like cucumber and fish and yeah. my coach was like that he's not that like that anymore but he was very restrictive at the time and mm-hmm. when i changed coaches like everything changed like started eating salmon started eating this start, started eating that started using you know very weird f- food sources for what my body was um yeah. you know yeah. able to digest able to assimilate if that makes sense so there were a lot of changes that kind of made me you know just smoothen out also the peds were down but in a way that you know it was almost none and mm. i was already doing next to none but i was doing like n- like well it was almost none but it was very like irrisory if that makes sense yeah. so that you know at the olympia of course is something that is not going to work then no. the water load was not something that was going that was working to me as well the carb was not something that was working for me as well so i actually for the tex i think it was for the texas pro i'm i'm not sure but i didn't do a carb load i did a fat load which was mm. incredibly weird um yeah. So all these methodologies that, well, can make sense um, sometimes, but that didn't really make sense to me at the time. You know, those were things that kind of led me to a very big amount of insecurity, not in myself, but like it was just not my zone, I would no. say. So that, you know, it was a lot of um there were a lot of aspects yeah, yeah that yeah, contributed yeah. to that um and that well made me realize that that was not the best choice for me and that I, I was not presenting my best package and you know being um like the oldest that I was at the time and with the amount of shows that I had in my pocket already my second Olympia I should not be that soft I should not be that looking like that you know so I of course I knew that and I knew that before I was stepping on stage and also the feedback that they gave me uh, that Tyler Manion gave me um, at the Battle of Texas was that I really needed to gain some some muscle that I should take like two years off and gain some muscle. And I was like, well, I'm going to compete at the Olympian two weeks, so I cannot really change that. So yeah. I was already like just not feeling motivated whatsoever yeah. for the for the second Olympia. So um, a lot of aspects that led me uh, yeah. into feeling disappointed, but that yeah. was needed. Yeah. I think thinking about your mindset as well throughout this, because it, it seems like you had a pretty bulletproof mindset with with competing, even turning pro, very present, very aware, very stoic in the way that you carried yourself, even as a young athlete. So I think it must have dawned on you at some point that you were just like, my heart's simply not in this. Like things aren't moving the way that they need to. I know I feel unsettled. I, I no, this is time. This is time to pull back. And I think even having that self-awareness whilst you're in it, because it's quite easy to sort of dig your heels in at that point, I can imagine, especially at that level. When you're a professional, you're competing at the Olympia. You're like, no, I'm not giving up. This is enough. Like, I'm just going to keep burying myself. Because, I mean, I've had those feelings before and I'm an amateur and it was just from show to show in terms of proving myself worth and yeah. what I could bring to the stage. So it, did that ever cross your mind? Like, was it very much, uh, okay, these aren't, these things aren't going to plan to no, or did 
it ever come into your brain like, mm, should I give up? Should I should I kick a little bit harder and push myself that little bit harder? Did that ever sort of come to you? Um, I think that it was never in my mind until yeah. I until I, until I was not in the top ten. Um, at the yeah. Olympia, you know, because yeah. I went to watch the finals and I couldn't watch it because I I started crying like crazy. Mm. So I was like, yeah. Jesus, my heart is of course broken. Um, yeah. so that was not part. Um, well, that was not in my mind. Um, at any point until I actually realized that I that was kind of a turning point. I would say. Um. So yeah, I totally understand what you're what you're saying. Um, I am that kind of person that really pushes. Th- pushes through and yeah. doesn't really want to give up or anything like or stop uh, not give up but I don't really want to stop and you know well do, doing like 25 shows in three years kind of reflects that and mm-hmm. I did like yeah. I think that I did eight shows till I like back to back till I got pro at the, in wow. the same at the same year so I was like every two weeks I was at a new country doing a new show um so I have that kind of mentality well where I do like I go to an extreme and I reach an extreme and I really want to like break it and go above it and do more. Yeah. And the, the exact same thing happens nowadays with the work, with, you know, everything that I do. Um, but when I realized that I was not good enough and that yeah. is kind of what, what kind yeah. of bro- broke my heart, I think, yeah. uh, when I realized I am not mm. worth of being in the top 10, I was like, yeah. No, I, I should really, um, well, just rethink. But my focus was, that was on the 20, I think it was on the 20th of December or something like that. So I was going to fly back in two days, like two days mm-hmm. after the Olympia. So my focus was on, I really need my parents. I really need my home. I really need Christmas and some time off. Yeah. Uh, like sometime like literally disconnected and I don't want to hear about bodybuilding. I don't want to do have anything to do with bodybuilding and so that was kind of the turning point I would say and that Mm -hmm. was the only moment when where I thought well maybe I should stop but yeah um the real moment um where I thought well I I I think I want to stop was in January because I still got a new coach in January just to make sure that I could, you know, maybe I can do something or, you know, um, you know, produce some result out of these things. Yeah. So I anyways got a new coach from Australia, Troy, uh, who is such a great person. And he helped me out, me out with that. But after I would say like one or two weeks trying to, you know, follow the plan and stuff like that, I thought, well, no, I really need to figure this out myself. Yeah. And I'm just going with the flow now and see how things go. Also, because in quarantine, you are anyways in a in an insecure environment so you didn't really know what was going to happen whatsoever and we were in a lockdown um anyway so i couldn't train i couldn't do anything so uh, i thought well this is the right time to yeah, <laughs> to just yeah. you know just stop a little bit and and all of that yeah. so so yeah basically that was it so while i was competing i did not have that mentality of mm-hmm. course it was breaking slowly because of you know that water thing that i mentioned um so i've never had that mentality but when i realized that i you know that was like bad enough well that that that's when i i thought well maybe it's a good idea to just take a step back yeah. and sit yeah. on the sofa and not 
walk on the treadmill or something like that so yeah <laughs> yeah I suppose yeah. it's like an element of kind of perfectionism with you and it, it does sound like you're obviously a high achiever you know and you you did really well in the sport and obviously with your studies you know you aim high and, and you come from from that background it was an element of like I'm not being the best athlete I can be here and the step back Although, you know, if somebody like Jade and I, for example, it might look totally different for us to be the best athlete. And for you, you had to go to those lengths for that long and to to completely like guard yourself off. And that's going to be different for everybody. So they can, yeah. you know, be the best person or come back and be the best athlete. And that might take two, three, four, five years or however long. And some people have kids and then go back to it. And that's the right time for like them. Like Angelica, for exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's just like all of our journeys look so different and how we need to show up eventually as the best athlete bikini athlete and jade is a, a similar journey this last couple of years but do you feel like you're at a place now that not not i don't want to say the word healed but do you feel like mentally all aspects of you as an athlete are like pieced together as a puzzle now i think that i'm still figured that figuring that out now yeah. because um mainly because first things first well i have other things in my life that um that I really cherish and that are above bodybuilding. Mm -hmm. yeah. for, well, first thing first is my happiness, but uh, yeah. talking about like additions to my life, well, I have uh, almost husband, which, you know, needs to, not needs to be my priority in a conservative way, but that, you know, in a lovely way needs to be my priority. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then my job as well, which is something that makes me extremely happy, which is, I am very happy about. Um. So with that being said, and knowing that I am more mature, knowing that I, above all, value myself in other areas other than bodybuilding. So as I said previously, well, I just valued myself as a as an athlete and I saw myself as an athlete and nothing else. Nowadays, I know that my value is in other areas of my life as well and that the athlete version of me is just another version, another area, but it, it is one area. It's not like the entire yeah. castle I would say it is just a room I would say um so I know that I am a, a, an excellent fiance I know that I am a good I know that yeah. I am a, a good you know sister a good aunt I know that I am a good a, a good um daughter as well I know that I'm a good professional I know that I'm a good friend and um I was not aware of that until I stopped competing so nowadays I think that this is just a mature way of looking mm -hmm. at things so yeah I see myself as much more than an athlete and that kind of um makes me always have a step back if that makes sense because I know that I if I bounce back I know that I have a net yes. whereas before I did not have that net um yeah. inside of me and nowadays like well that resides in, inside of me if that makes yeah. sense mm -hmm. um that does not mean that I am not professional um when it comes to dieting or going to the gym nevertheless I recognize that I am still adapting to it and adapting to that restrictive um lifestyle i would say because the things that um actually i was about to compete in feb i was going to compete in february um but i pulled back from that because i felt that that was you know not the right choice in a way that i needed time to adapt to you know yeah. you know going out with my my fiance not you know sharing it i don't know like a something with him for example mm. and I'm talking about like just going to the cafe and sharing something that he asked and I eat half of it and he eats half of it and mm. that is very something very simple but that is one of the thing those things that make my life easy, 
more lovely, I would say, yeah. lovelier. Yeah, yeah, I would yeah, say yeah. that's something like very small. I mean, I don't mind going to a huge dinner and me being the only person with a Tupperware and eating out of the Tupperware. That does not mess with my mind, but not sharing moments with pe the people that I do love, my yeah. parents, my fiance, you name it. Um, those are the moments that make it difficult to me. And mm -hmm. when I realized that, when I, well, I thought, well, I, I, really miss that I really miss going with you I it didn't mean it doesn't mean that um I wouldn't go with him because I always went with him to the cafe to whatever I never said no to an event to a dinner to anything and my um my condition is to not stop living life if that makes mm -hmm. sense so I will not say no to a dinner unless I don't really want to go and not because I will have to take a Tupperware with me um but I realized that I was really missing that and I thought and I talked to my coach and said well I am feeling tired and I, I was mm -hmm. actually doing some uh, like four days no carbs and all that so that that is also one of the reasons justified but, uh, <laughs> yes ju totally justified <laughs> I know but um with that being said, I thought, well, now that I know that I, well, I did like seven weeks, I would say. So that is almost a prep. I, I've always done like eight week prep. So never longer than that. And for me, oh. well, that, that is a whole prep. So if I could do that, that means that I can actually stick to it and do the cardio, do all the training, do, you know, yeah. everything that is needed. So that was kind of a test and I passed it and that was fine. But then it was time to, you know, just take a step back, reassess, mm -hmm. see yep. if that was exactly what I needed and what I wanted. And that's when I announced that I was going to compete, you know, just after, you know, trying that out once again. Um, so with that being said, well, I do not even remember the the question now because I just dived into other things, but um, I yeah, know. I think you, you actually put it so well. It was the yeah. net, the comment yes. on the net. I was like, that just sums it up perfectly is yeah. because you have matured and you have literally those foundations and the net of people and just yeah. like Jade said, the self-awareness and all mm -hmm. of that, and how to just go in to a prep again with a totally new mindset. Because yeah. whatever about, you know, competing when you're 26 and then going back when you're 30, like the years that you did it were just so transformative for any in like adolescent, you know, you're going through mm -hmm. so much, you need to figure life things out. Like I think for you, that is just such a big change. Do you know, mm -hmm. now you've met your fiance, it's like, it's a totally different life. I really. wouldn't be engaged if I didn't stop competing. And I am 100% yeah, yeah. sure of that, you know, and that's something that yeah. I really cherish as well, because, you know, stop, of course, it would be great to, you know, uh, compete again, you know, after my last Olympia just kept, if I kept competing, that would be great anyways, but I would not have know the mentality that I have mm. now and I would not have the things in my life that I have now yeah. and yeah. that's mm -hmm. what um sometimes makes it difficult for me to go back to competing you know mm. and thinking about yeah. well I need to leave my balanced life my like yeah. free free you know lifestyle stuff like that mm -hmm. yeah uh, nevertheless I want to compete because I want to have a challenge you know more than what I have now with work and stuff like yeah. that but I want to have a challenge for myself and I want to prove yeah. myself that I can do it again and you know and I want to experience different things that I want to provide my fiance with the experience of you know going to the backstage and watching me on stage and stuff like yeah. that so 
and and also to his part of the family because they have never you know been to a show or anything like that so I want to provide mm -hmm. them with that experience but especially my fiance just to yeah, make yeah, sure yeah. that he knows what's what's that what you know yeah. that that is about and you know uh, I just yeah. want that I love well, that I want that for them but I want that for myself yeah. first things first because that's that's how you should do it but um you know I want to prove myself that I can do that again and that, that I can be good at it but I do have my boundaries now, which is something yeah. I did not have previously. Mm -hmm. um, and those boundaries are the reflection of me yeah. maturing and me knowing that my value is outside of bodybuilding, that, that it is in bodybuilding as well, but it is not solely yeah. and ex exclusively in bodybuilding, you know? Yeah. yeah. And I think uh -huh. those boundaries... Sorry, those boundaries essentially are going to protect you, I think, Beatrice, because you're you're going in, back into competing now where you had completely left everything, your soul, your heart, everything on on the plane on the way home from the Olympia that time. And yeah. you had to gather yourself up and, and figure out who the hell you were when you landed. And obviously you sought safety from your family and from the people that you could, you knew you could rely on, the space you could rely on. Like going into it must be so empowering now. Yeah going in and being like oh no all of these boxes completely full completely yeah. fine yeah. I'm coming yeah. in now a completely different woman with all of my boxes full and I'm going to bring them to this experience yeah. with me and let them experience it with me as opposed to you coming away from that and going oh my god yeah. where, where am I what yeah, yeah, what yeah. am I doing without all of these things yeah. that, that's something that I feel going back to competing myself this year has it's 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 so much more than just what yeah. physique you're bringing it's the person you're bringing the growth yeah. you're bringing the totally mindset the, minds, the commitment totally and it's yeah. so empowering so empowering. that's more to me that's like that's the best kind of progress you can mm -hmm. make as an athlete that is because that's like, personal progress you know that's yes that's uh, what an athlete should do as a person. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I know. And you, not you neglect are a person it. before you are an athlete, you are a person yes. and you are a daughter and you are a son and you are yeah. all of those things. Yeah. Prior to being a, an athlete, then normally people just forget about it and think, well, I am an athlete and I should be an athlete and I should diet and I should this and that. Mm -hmm. I mean, that is fine. That is yep. fair. And you should do that at some point in your life. But there comes, you know, there is always a time where you think, well, I have something more other than this and I need to figure that out and then go back to competing. Mm -hmm. um, and that's why, for example, I admire Laura Lee so much because yeah. she presented herself as she presented herself. But I listened to her podcast with Phoebe and there was one that she talked about that, well, she just reflected that she has more things in her life and being lean all year round is not the a goal of hers because she wants to enjoy life with her with her boyfriend and with her family and this and that and I mean people and I know that because you know I I am on Reddit and stuff like that and I see what people say but uh, people kind of judge the others because they get chubbier in off season because they are mm -hmm. literally enjoying their lives and I'm like yeah she is literally having more and you know taking more from her life than you I yeah, mean, you know, exactly. What, 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 I I'm not I jealous of your abs right now. Like th this person, I do happy. not have abs right now, but I have like my my belly is well fed. 
Yeah. What do you yeah. want more? <laughs> you know, like... I train, I am healthy. I ha I I laugh with my parents. I laugh with yeah. my husband. I like well, yeah. my fiance. I laugh with his family. I laugh with everyone with, with my friends. All mm -hmm. of those things. I mean, what do you really want more than know. that? You know, I so yeah. Much. If I was, you know, just an athlete, but I did not have my fiance, or I didn't have the relationship that I have with my parents, which was already very good, but now it is um more mature in a way that it is less restrictive from my side yeah. to to them their side yeah. because you know because of the meals because of the, you know all the things that i needed to do in order to be very competitive and all of that if i didn't have my friends and if i didn't have my job i mean i was just an athlete whereas if i have mm. all of those things and i'm not an athlete i'm not really bothered by that no to be fair And this is something that, you know, if someone is very much into competing and is listening to this podcast, they might be like, oh, yeah. she's not very much into that. I mean, she yeah. might not yeah, like yeah, perform yeah. well because of that. I mean, well, I could not give a bigger line in this case. <laughs> I know, smaller, like, I know. Shit about that because, oh, yeah, re like yeah. you really need to be okay with yourself before competing. Yes. And if you are yeah. not okay with yourself before you start competing, you will feel that after you decide to stop for This a little while. Yeah. It doesn't fill a hole. It doesn't yeah. fill a hole. If anything, it really makes yeah. that hole deeper and deeper and wider and and more isolating yeah. the exactly. more you get into it so if you're not exactly. feeding into yourself my god I you just get think lost. it catches up on you and, and yeah, you lose yeah. so much yeah. you lose so much life experiences meeting mm. valuable people learning things you know traveling like experiencing different cultures and it's like yeah. I always think of it as like a massive debt that you're then paying back in life yeah. and it's like you're in your late 20s and you've missed out on all of these really important life events and mm -hmm. things that you just need to learn as a, as a human being growing up and I think I've noticed that a lot with myself after going through um a breakup and just everything that I've experienced the last few months puts a lot of things in perspective and that my time competing when I was prepping four years in a row was almost just like a blur of like mm -hmm. just bodybuilding and all of these things and life experiences are coming back and I've learned and I've grown so much as a person the last few months that I ever did competing and I think people forget that we also have a life to live and we need to grow as humans as well. Yeah. But it's very easy to just have that tunnel vision and shut off all of that, really. The like easiest said, way to compete. On you. Yeah, the easiest way to compete is to be very restrictive. Mm -hmm. The hardest part is to be balanced. And that's yes. what I am experiencing right now. And I would not have that any other way, to be fair. No. Because if I decide to, if I go like out of this room and I tell my parents and my fiance, well, I will not compete. I decided that well, I will not compete. They will be like, okay, fine. Just come to the sofa. Yeah. Let's, let's play some Nintendo switch or something like that. It's not yeah. going to be a big deal for them. They love that. I want to compete. My parents love my, the athlete in me and they love, you know, all the experiences and stuff like that. So they, re they remember those experiences from me competing, you know, um, earlier in my, my life With so much love, and I love to hear or listen to them, you know, talking about the experiences and, you know, feeling proud of myself. But I know that if I go out of that door and I say, well, I don't want to compete, they will be like, okay, fine. Uh, Sit down. Do you want a meal? Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's fine. Well, let's eat. They, they'll like, let's <laughs> eat. Do, do you want to order some Domino's or anything like that? <laughs> they will be pretty much like that. But yeah. um, if, you know... And, 
that is, you know, what you really want in life. Because if yeah. I was probably competing, you know, let's say that I'm 30 now and I all I did since I was 16 was competing, I would go through that door and I would not have anyone, yeah. you know? Well, yeah. Or yeah. if I told 100%. my followers, they would be like, oh yeah. my God, why do you don't, you don't want to compete? Why? Blah, 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 yeah, because yeah, they yeah. really want me to compete because they do not go through those things, you yeah. know? Yeah. They do not That's go it. through prep. That's and maybe it. they you do, the but yeah. Exactly, exactly. You know, so the, but the baseline is, of course you need to you know if you want you can compete you should compete i always you know recommend everyone to compete to try that out it is such a great experience i would not go back to it if it was not great but you will if if you get very restrictive and very extreme you will eventually fall Mm-hmm. Um, and you will experience that fall and it's going to be okay everything is going to be okay that happens to pretty much everyone if if the person does not document that on Instagram that might be happening anyways because I have people I have been pros coming to me and saying well I am experiencing the exact same thing but I didn't see a post of that because people just deal with things differently but yeah. the majority of people go through that so if someone is you know starting their comp- competing career and they are very extreme about it and they, you know, argue with, yeah. you know, their, the people surrounding them because yeah. of competing. I have been there. I have done that. I yeah. know how that feels. Mm-hmm. And you feel like you are, you know, the the queen of your house because you are, you are competing and stuff like that and you are doing everything correctly. That is great. You will learn from that. You will, mm-hmm. you might, I hope not, but that, that is a good thing anyways. That was good for me. So, um, yeah. I don't really... Yeah. I don't really feel sad for people going through that because that is a learning experience. Um, You will eventually fall down and feel that you hit the floor, that you hit the bottom, all of that. So anyways, you will eventually get up and, you know, just do it all over again with a better perspective. Mm, And I think that that's literally how things work with bodybuilding. And even though people might not document that, that they might go through that and they will eventually go through that unless Mm -hmm. they are extremely balanced or unless they have figured out, you know, their lives. Because sometimes people start competing after they, they, you know, bought a house after they bought a car after they got married and after they got kids so yeah. they have their life you know figured out Set. so they they can yeah i mean they can start competing they have everything well they live their life mm-hmm. um, before they start yeah. competing so that is a different scenario but if you start competing in your 20s i mean there will be a point where you have to stop i mean even yeah. angelica she she started competing i think it was at 28 or 29 i'm yeah. i do not remember but she eventually needed to stop and maybe she maybe she cried maybe she felt like she was not doing the the right thing marketing wise maybe like sales wise mm-hmm. this and that or social media wise maybe it was not the the greatest thing but i am 100% sure that she would do the exact same thing even though yep. she maybe mm-hmm. went through some i don't know doubts or anything like that at the time yeah. you know because now she has two uh, beautiful, beautiful daughters babies. and she was yeah. married back then you know so exactly. she had something figured out whereas yeah, yeah 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 in my in my case I didn't have anything figured out I mean yeah. I was in the 10th grade <laughs> I was starting high school when you put it like that Christ <laughs> uh, well this is it I mean we've spoken to Angelica as well and uh, uh, very similar tones in terms of like stepping away even though she had all of that su- success and she had a husband at the time 
she still felt that identity crash that yeah. oh my god like I'm Angelica Teixeira like I, I'm the Olympian I, I, I'm i that person and now I'm going to pull myself away and I'm going to be a mum and my body's going to change and everything's going to change and yeah. I think like we said right at the start I don't think there is any person in this community that is immune from learning those lessons in whatever fashion they're going to roll out whether it's at the start in the middle at the end either way you're going to come to a crossroads at some point and be like right okay is this still for me where are my priorities where did they land and where in that list does bodybuilding sit because that I mean your priorities change on a daily basis anyway or on a weekly basis those things are gonna always be fluid so I think from an advice standpoint Beatrice very much says like it or it very much is the delivery of you have to be fluid in this as as much as you possibly can be yeah treat it and and sort of treat it and and look at it and take it as it as it find as you find it so bodybuilding is what it is at this moment in time but it will change life will change life changes every single day i mean it's like a job there of course maybe our parents have been in the same job same company for 20 plus years but Nowadays, it does not happen that way. I mean, everyone no. is in a com- Well, you can experience being in a company for like two, five years, then you change. Mm-hmm. Then two, yeah. three, four, five years, then you change. Yeah, and maybe yeah, you yeah. change fields and maybe you change industries and stuff like that. So yeah. everything is so fast-paced nowadays mm-hmm. and your priorities change and this and that. I mean, I did not know I was going to um, be a fiancé at 20... 21? Yeah, 20. Mm-hmm. Eh? Sorry, no, 20. So mm-hmm. I, I became, oh, Jesus Christ. Yes, I became a fiance <laughs> when I was 20. So it's been, it's been two years now because it was like, I was almost 21, but um, I did not know that, that when I was competing at 19, I, w- I would be like, what the hell? No, I'm not going to be a fiance at 20. Are you crazy? Or I, I will not have kids at, I don't know, like 20, at 28. I want to compete till I, till I'm 35. That's what I was always saying. And that changed. I mean, that changed when I was 19, you know, so everything is changing. And, you know, let's say that I get pregnant. Let's, let's knock on the, on the wood, of course, but let's say, (laughs) let's, let's say I get pregnant. I mean, of course there are ways of dealing with that, but let's say that I get pregnant at 26 instead of 28 or 21, 29, which is kind of like the plan. Mm -hmm. I mean, things change, you know, like priorities change. Maybe, maybe I will want a baby. Maybe I will have the baby maybe later, or maybe like even later than what I'm planning to, you know, things just change and things happen differently. And that's literally how life gets. And, um, one of the hardest things about being a competitor is that you become so obsessed with controlling every single aspect of your life. Like I need to wake up at this time. Then I have five minutes to do the, the vacuum. Then I then I have like 45 minutes to do the cardio. So I need to wake up five minutes earlier because I need to like put my shoes on, blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, yes, that is doable if you are a student, like I was, I, I was that kind of person, but you know, nowadays, and that's what, you know, what I struggled with the most was you cannot control your life, especially when people are surrounding you and you live with other people. Mm, and I became very you no know, controlling of every single aspect of my life. And I thought that that was the way of living, but after you stop competing, you learn how to live actually because oh, yeah. things are just not controllable uh, controllable at all. Yeah. And even if with work, you know, like you can have yeah. like two or three meetings. One of them will not happen. To, two of them mm. will be rescheduled and you plan your life around around those meetings and then they end up just not happening, you know? Yeah, yeah. And if yep. it was bef- like when I was competing, I would be like, well, they are wasting my time. I have everything timed in my day. Everything is scheduled, da, da, da. 
but you know that's literally how life is and yeah I was just thinking I just had a quote in my head of like bodybuilding can be your world but the world is not bodybuilding so it's like you can't expect and that is okay to evolve (laughs) around it and like all of your friends to be bodybuilding and everything to align perfectly with that and it's like no most people live normal life and you have to be able to integrate yourself into that Mm -hmm. and that's exactly what you've done is you've you've done that incredibly well by the sounds of it and then when you do step into competing again it's like right guys look at this element of of my life it's not the world yeah. of bodybuilding and it needs to add to my life and yeah. if it starts just taking away from it i'm like okay i'm taking like two months off bye peace i'm going yeah. to yeah. work but like it's just t- people hours. don't know the <laughs> people don't know the world outside bodybuilding no. really no. um I it's expected really i think yeah. it's expected because it's a very um, restricted i would say industry or community better saying so yeah everyone is very very close-minded in a good yeah. way because it's kind of needed yeah. but if you see the people that success you know for example angelica i mean she is mm-hmm. not very restrictive i mean you see you you watch her youtube videos and you see she is around her kids all the time around her husband all the time she she is not very much into like being that restrictive if you compare to some amateurs for example you know yeah. and you look as i mentioned her previously you look at laurel i mean she she is a very, very good competitor and she sometimes gets very restrictive, as she says in her podcast. But outside of that, she just lives life and yeah. that is okay. I mean, she will most likely, when she decides to stop competing, she will most likely be okay. Maybe she will have some, I don't know, like dark times as everyone does, but she will be most likely okay because she is surrounded by people that she loves and that's and that love her. And she does things differently than others that are very restrictive, but that. At the mm-hmm. same time, mm-hmm. adds a lot to her life. Whereas if you just restrict restrict yourself, you are just not going to have that net yeah. that we've yeah. mentioned previously. Yeah. You know, so Such if I stop perfect. competing like after my first show, I I do not plan on that because I want everything to be very balanced. But let's say that I stop competing. I mean, I will be okay with that because I have my list of priorities, and bodybuilding is not the first one. And I'm yeah. glad that it is like that because that means that I have a life. Mm-hmm. Yes. like a balanced life oh, you know yeah and that's what it's yeah. about you know and that, really, that is okay about. yeah and if even if you're an amateur I mean if you have kids if you have you know you know Amy Delgado I mean she yes. has a husband she has a kid she was the girl that I was mentioning before I couldn't remember her name um, yeah I know you know I, I had so her in my head that. yeah yeah I'm so sorry head. for that yeah because I saw her stories I actually I reacted to it because I thought that that this is so valuable I mean just read yes. read it again please because yeah, 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 yeah. she has her child she has her husband she lives life and if she decides to stop competing at some point she will have that net mm-hmm. you know she will ha- she will even have the blood work net I would yeah. say so she has <laughs> yeah. everything sorted out and um you know if you if you work differently, okay, that's fine. Everyone works differently and everyone has a different vision when it comes to life and a different, you know, idea and ideals and ideas as well. So that is okay. But at the same time, I mean, just be a human being and be a sociable human being uh, yeah. before, you know, just closing that bubble because yeah. then you will just look around and not have anything else. And yeah, yeah. that is my condition. For... Our overall, yeah, our exactly. overall well-being. And it's something that I learned in therapy a lot was surrounding myself with with different people is good for your well-being like exactly. it really really like that's you that's can always what we were be made to do. like that's what we were yeah. we weren't like thinking back to caveman we weren't competing then 
you know no. we were socializing we were surviving we were surviving and you were chatting to people and in relationships and you know yeah. babies and that's what it was all about we weren't closed off in that bubble it's not natural for us at all no so no, no. and it's okay to be you know it's body. okay to be restricted i think when it comes to you know you're six weeks out or eight weeks yeah. out or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. that is fine to be restrictive yeah. as long as you are not like a shithead, I would say to yeah. the people yeah. that is surrounding yeah, yeah, yeah. you as long or as even you... off season because yes. people yeah. do act like that in an off season, which is, I think, really I am never crazy. going. Yes. Uh, that, that is um, something that is of course subjective and it depends on what the person wants and what the coach wants as well. But when I am in off season, I just eat whatever I want to eat. I go out not go out to the, you know, to the club or anything like that, just because that doesn't, you know, fit what I like, but, um, you know, go out with the friends, eat some good stuff, you know, have some yeah. moments with, with my fiance that does not involve the gym. If I need to skip the gym, that's totally fine. And that mm -hmm. is the mentality that, that I gained throughout the years that I did not compete because it is okay if you go to a dinner with some friends and you were supposed to go to, to go to the gym and you ended up not going or you didn't do your cardio. I mean, that is, of course, fine. You know, that mm -hmm. no one is going to die if you don't do that. It, no. that. So just don't be that restrictive in off-season. And of course, if you are going to compete in like three, four, five, eight weeks or something like that, if things get really restrictive, okay, as long as you are not, you know, bad company because no one is doing that for you. But at yeah. the same time, you are the one deciding yeah. to do that. So the others do, need, do not need to be uh, crucified because of that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah, yeah. As, yeah, that's another condition of mine. I mean, if um, if at some point I um, affect other people's lives because I want to eat yeah. my food or because I want to go to the gym, just mm -hmm. because I want to go to the gym um, and I, you know, could do it at other, you know, another moment of the day or anything like that. But if I start being a bad company or bad company for someone, anyone, just mm -hmm. because I am an athlete and I am going to compete, that is not being a good person yeah. I'd say, no. because that's something that I decided yeah. myself and I was okay not competing so if I decided that myself that's be that's because I want to compete and that if that's something that I want to do that's something that the others do not need to be affected by yeah no yeah. completely agree I think at the end of the day if that if it's bleeding into your life to the degree in which you are actually pushing people away you're further isolating yourself but not only that you're making other people feel uncomfortable other people are carrying the weight of your prep like we say all the time evidently this is our choice if you're undertaking a prep if you're if you want to be active in bodybuilding you're taking on that choice you're taking on the responsibility to make sure that that doesn't pour into other people's lives in a negative fashion equally you take on the responsibility to make sure that it's not affecting you negatively if it's doing one or the other or both you have yeah. to reevaluate whether this is the the position you want to be placing yourself and other people in because like we've said like the bodybuilding is not forever you're going to get to the yeah. end of the road eventually whether it's through physical um sort of ramifications or um barriers that are put in place merely age or that you can't physically do it anymore it's going to end eventually and it's probably going to end much sooner than your life will end and if there's nothing to fall back on if that net's not there it's such a perfect analogy you yeah, haven't really got is. that net you're just going to fall and yeah, that it's so exactly. much worse to do it I mean when if you, you want to be faculties. like that exactly yeah. if you want to be like that if you want, want to be a lone wolf for your entire life that's oh, totally fine I mean yeah. everyone has different you know goals in life so if you mm -hmm, want to be like mm -hmm. that that's totally fine but if you don't really visualize yourself at 50 being yeah. 
not by yourself, but not being surrounded as you could be surrounded in another yeah. situation, just yeah. reflect on it, you know, because competing does not have to be a burden. Um, yeah. yeah, And exactly. it is not no. the center of your life most of the time. Of course, it's, for example, Laura Lee's job. But if she yeah. stops competing, she has other faculties that yeah. will most likely, she will most likely be able to do something else that will bring her as much joy as competing does. And I'm not mm -hmm. taking, you know, I'm not looking down on competing whatsoever. I'm no. just, you know, having yeah. a very uh, down-to-worth yeah. vision, I would say. Also about, wisdom, yeah. like massive mental yes. wisdom and experience. Thank like you. nobody Thank else can, nobody else could could say it or, or listen to this podcast and disagree because they haven't mm. gone through it. Like, Someone will disagree gone through though, it, because so, some people are so they haven't, into bodybuilding sometimes yeah, and they're like, they haven't gone through it. You're yet. not like, good enough. I, 100%, <laughs> I know there's probably people listening thinking that, but they, they're not at that life stage. Like, they yeah. haven't gone through what you've gone to. I know, but like, honestly, I have loved, I say about every conversation, but I, this conversation is really, really good and hit home and I hope yeah. everybody listened to it. I think even coaches, like male coaches could listen to it. And, and take value like male bodybuilders as well I think yeah that's they're probably not the worst they're all human but beings they probably the yeah I think males maybe do maybe struggle a little bit to get in tune with with that but honestly it has been such an eye-opener as well like and refreshing you could, you could do your Thank own you little so head talk <laughs> yes yes <laughs> my goal with podcasts is always to be like very like I could do a real, like a take a reels out of this, you know? Yeah, but you know yeah, what? I was I just actually just that. thinking, I'm actually going to really struggle to do like the, <laughs> the review because I'm like, these are, it's just been such a good conversation. Yeah. Honestly, Thank you so much. Really, and, you're, and you're so well-spoken and the way, you just, you. just the way you get things out, like you've just hit the nail on the head in every aspect of it. So yeah. Thank you so much. I'm so glad. It was a pleasure yeah. to be fair. And I loved it as well. Thank you so much for inviting me. I say that yes, like automatically to Jane. I think it's going to be like a little therapy session for a lot of people as well. Thousand That's what it's been like. Thousand percent. Thank you so much. Yeah. That was great. But, no. Well, Beatrice, where can people find you if if they're not? I know you do posing with the posing portal, like plug everything and every access point, because obviously you will be looking to prep this year as well. So where can people follow your journey, where you're up to, and obviously access your services and things? Let them let them know. <laughs> so I my presence is mainly on Instagram. So it's at Biscayo Pro. So it's my surname plus pro just because of IFBB Pro and there's no Biscaya available. So I'm like, bro, bro. Okay, that's it. Weird. Um, <laughs> actually, I think that the Biscaya belongs to my dad. So he's the original one. So that's fair enough. That's fair enough. So you can find me well on Instagram. It's at Biscaya Pro. And uh, then as you said, Jaden, thank you so much. I work for the posing portal. So, um, well, I give posing, uh, posing classes there as well in person and online as well. Um, then I have my YouTube channel, but it is in Portuguese and I have my podcast, but it, it is in Portuguese. So if there is anyone that is Portuguese speak as Portuguese speaker there, uh, well, you're most welcome to listen to my rantings and you know just oh, messing amazing. around with some I wish topics I could speak Portuguese now just to listen I recommend I you to learn I recommend yes. you to learn yeah, Portuguese yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's interesting and you start you know if you learn well if you learn yes Portuguese you can you know talk to Brazilian people people from Africa this and that and also well you have the English part which is like the inter very international language so you can 
you know, understand many people. I would say like yes. Lisa, yes. Lisa Piscina, I talk with her. I, yes, I talk with her in Portuguese. With Angelica, I talk with her in Portuguese, stuff oh, like that. Because wow. that's our, you know, uh, mother language, of course. Yes. Uh, but they are Brazilian, of course, but they speak Portuguese, of, of, course, of course, as well. Um, so, yeah, that's mainly amazing. where... Amazing, yes. amazing. So... That, that is mainly it. I'm not um, very present in other platforms, but I think that that's fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I think yeah, you've yeah. got some covered. Yeah. Yes. Amazing. So. Amazing. Oh. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure once so, again. So and thank you for inviting me once again. Pleasure. Bye, thank guys. You.